You're listening to The Savvy Social Podcast, a weekly show that explores social media marketing strategies that help business owners create connection and build community by focusing on manageable tasks that actually make a difference to your business goals. I'm your host, Andrea Jones. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode number 85 of the Savvy Social Podcast. This show is brought to you by Social Report. Social Report is the world's most complete social media management tool, and it's my tool of choice when it comes to things like scheduling, managing, and especially reporting on social media. Their reports are epic. You can try them out for yourself for free by going to socialreport.com. Now, in today's episode, I'm sitting down with Kyla Roma. Kyla Roma is a marketing strategist and founder of the Uncomplicated Marketing Academy. She spent the last decade helping overwhelmed online business owners and course creators take control of their client inquiries and their income. She's also a toddler mom and her family's breadwinner who believes that your definition of success is the only one that matters and that attracting clients should be fun and, for the record, no, that's not asking too much. In this particular interview, Kyla and I talk about how to identify your marketing success metrics, where to start when building out your marketing plan, how to share stories as a part of your marketing messaging, and so much more. I'm so excited for this interview with Kyla Roma. Hey, Kyla, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you just because I admire you and your business, number one, but also just want to kind of pick your brain about all things marketing and social media. Um, But let's start at the beginning. So you started a blog back when blogging was not as cool. So tell us about that. Yes, I've been blogging now since... uh, (laughs) at my current domain since about like 2008. So it's been a long time. I was, uh, I started out just as a personal blogger back when that was a thing. We weren't even called lifestyle bloggers yet. And I started writing about my uh, planning my wedding and I connected with, uh, with some like-minded people in a community. And from there, my blog, it took off. It, this was at the time when mommy bloggers were just kind of really getting going, like Deuce had been fired, you know, moments before. <laughs> and, uh, and so there were, there was a huge hunger for people writing and uh, to read this kind of what we call now, like more lifestyle content, more what you'd read on Instagram now. So I would, it was wild. I would, you know, from right from the start, I would post you know, I was posting five times a week and getting like 90 comments a post. It was ridiculous. <laughs> Definitely another era. The internet has changed a lot. Yeah, I kind of miss the back in the day when blog commenting used to be a thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. It's uh, <laughs> I was sad to see that go. But, you know, in, engagement wherever, you know, wherever it is, it's just, it's, it just has changed. It's moved to different places. So it's been, but yeah, I started out blogging there and parlayed that into uh, designing blogs for myself and for friends, became a self-taught web designer, and then uh, focused in on on doing marketing strategy, which is more my background. I came from a background in entertainment marketing before this. (laughs) So while you were growing your blog, did you also do anything on social as well? Yes. Now, and social media, though, was very different. (laughs) 
you know, Insta. What was it? There was no Instagram. Uh, there was no Pinterest. There was just Twitter to to start. So I did. Uh, I did some, I was marketing my stuff on Twitter, but mostly just, you know, being, a lot of it was commenting on other people's blogs was how people found each other, uh, which is hilarious because now it's literally, this is, you know, one of the strategies that people use on Instagram to grow their Instagram following is like, go find people who are commenting on other people's stuff. And, you know, that means that they're engaged, go and engage with them. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. I love that. So you work with a lot of people now who are struggling with their marketing. And I think that a lot of our listeners as well want to find ways to leverage social media as part of their marketing. But I often think that people kind of dive into it headfirst and there's probably a few things that they need to consider before building out a marketing plan. So can you tell us a little bit about some of the things you recommend to people as they are starting to kind of outline their marketing plan or their sales funnel or any of those things? Definitely. I mean, first of all, I'd say like if you are, you know, sitting down and outlining a marketing plan or outlining a sales funnel, I think that means you're, you know, you are in the minority of people. I think a lot of people are that I connect with, you know, they want to be there. They hear about other people doing that and it makes them feel like they're, you know, they're just behind. They're not doing it right. And so that's been very interesting for me to, you know, I've been talking with a lot of my clients, a lot of past clients and, and people who are on my email list, like literally having phone calls with them and just talking with them about what's going on in their lives and how they feel about marketing. And I think there's, there's just overwhelmingly people feel like, you know, I'm behind and it's really, really complicated. And so I think that one of the one of the things that I have found to be really helpful is just to give ourselves permission to be where we're at, (laughs) that we don't have to be everywhere at once and to really think about making it as simple as possible. So where is, you know, where, if you want to, you can you can master these place these things like one place at a time. So if you know that you ha- that there are people who are currently finding you through Instagram, or there are people who are currently finding you through Pinterest, then it's perfectly fine and and allowed. And I think a great idea to focus in on you know just getting really curious about that one place. What you know? What is working for you there? What's not? How can you even find that information out? Where are the graphs? You know, <laughs> go look for those, and and then start to get curious. Look at like what are people who are really winning in any of those places? What does that look like? You know, what are they doing? Start and starting to get a like just take get really focused in on one place at a time and kind of make it your pet project. I think if we can if we can give ourselves permission to know to to show up in a dedicated way and really be excellent like focus on how can I create something that's really awesome here in this one place you know that is always going to do better for us than showing up in you know in these ways where it feels like we're checking boxes off of a list and now we really don't want to be here and we're not putting all this you know all this all kinds of thought and intention into our content you know I think if we can really focus in and just keep it manageable to start, that's a really great place. And the second I have to say is knowing what your goal is. Like if your goal is to 
move people towards your offer, then we've really got to think about that. And we've really got to make sure that you know how people actually get there, that you, you know, you, you are asking people to take action, that you're, you're thinking about those things. And frankly, that you're measuring how that works. I think that that's often a piece too, that especially if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling rushed, you, you're like, I know where the graphs are and I'm not going. <laughs> you know, I think a lot of us feel that way. And just making this, making the time to go in and see, you know, have Google Analytics on your website and see, you know, who is actually finding me from what social media platforms, you know, how, where do my clients actually come from? Where do my customers, my members, where do those people come from? Is there a difference there? And those are basic questions that I think most people who are uh, who are in in online business they don't have the answers to those basic questions, and that's why everything feels so difficult. It's because they've really got to just. There's a couple of questions that once you get them answered, a whole world of possibility opens up because you can actually see what's working for you. Okay. I love starting with kind of the end in mind. You're starting with your goal and you're kind of figuring out where your clients are already coming from. So let's say that we know that. Let's say we know we're getting clients from LinkedIn and we can see that data. Um, What are some of the things we can do with that information to kind of help us get more clients? (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. So, I mean, I think we want to we want to think about, or what I like to think about, is ways that we can really, you know, we can share in a way how we can share in a way that is compelling to the people who are who we want to help, and you know, and the way that I approach it is thinking about like how can I bring more empathy to to my content, and how can I demonstrate my expertise. I think that those two things are often really what sets people apart who are just, you know, who are really getting amazing results. It's that deep empathy for the people that they help and then being able to kind of seamlessly slide in their expertise. Those are, I think that's really, really crucial. So one of the things that you can do around that is to you know, find out what your audience or your students or clients, you know, what are they afraid of that will, pre- what are they afraid will prevent them from success? So knowing what that thing is, what's, what do they think is going to prevent them from success? And then how can you give them permission to be human? And how can you show them that they could still succeed? Maybe that's actually not blocking them in the way that they think they could, that it could be. You know, specifically calling that out, specifically naming that, it, it really feels like a huge weight off of their shoulders. So just as a, as a for instance, uh, I have, my program is, uh, is called the Uncomplicated Marketing Academy. And the people that I help, they're most scared that they can't be successful unless they are perfectly consistent. And even if they don't believe that they have to be perfectly consistent, they believe that they have to be more consistent than they're capable of being. So the other day, I was making a coaching call. Like I, I set expectations at the start of my coaching calls. I made a, I was making a slide, and I wrote out this piece of you know about consistency, about how like not consistently following our plans is normal and that if marketing was always your top priority you would seriously need to reorient your heart and your life <laughs> and I'm like and that doesn't mean that you should stay quiet instead of sharing that if that's what your 
what your challenge is. Like, please show up. And so I, I wrote that. I was like, I like, I, I like that, that I feel like that's a, that for me is like a hell yes. And so I screenshotted it and I put it onto Twitter and like, I don't get any clients. I don't get clients from Twitter. I don't, this is not a huge referral source for me. It's just a place where I'm kind of showing up and talking uh, right now. And, but because the people that I follow there or the people who follow me, they, that's their challenge too. Even though it's, you know, it's not this massive referral source for me, I pop that up there and then instant likes, instant shares, instant comments, because it's just this moment of, oh my gosh, yeah, like I, like I can't be, I can't be as consistent as like the perfect standard that I have in my head. I am not prioritizing this in the way that I want to, you know, in the way that I feel like other people must be, but giving them that permission and just calling it out and naming it very directly and saying like, you, this is, this is still fine. <laughs> You're still doing good. We can still work with this. I think that that's really, really powerful. And it's that specificity, that being really, really specific about those things, that that's important, not just because it's like it's social media content or, you know, I've got that post out there. But what that does is it makes other, it makes them feel like I know them. And that really builds trust. So, you know, if you're, if you don't know what it, your, what your audience is afraid will keep them from success, then really ask them, have conversations with them, speak with them on the phone, like drill down into that because knowing what that is and knowing what their, you know, their top priority piece is, what that tape that keeps playing in their head, it gives you, um, it gives you the ability to empathize with them in a way that's really genuine. I love the emphasis on empathy because I think that in today's world, we feel like we have this opportunity to almost broadcast everything where it's like we have to show off almost of like, you know, here's this amazing thing that I've done or like blast people with our latest offer. And I, I love the approach of figuring out a challenge and, and just sharing that experience. I think that there's a lot of power in that. And I think it's just connecting on a human level, which sometimes we forget when it comes to marketing. Like there's a lot of humanness in it. Um, so I really, really like that. Um, so for the listeners who um, maybe perhaps they don't have any clients yet, do you have any advice for how, like, for how to approach this strategy if you don't have anything to base it off of yet? Yeah, absolutely. So I think a really, uh, a simple kind of a tactic or approach can be to share teaching stories. So stories that illustrate like sh little tiny short stories <laughs> that illustrate a point or that illustrate the, you know, the, the way that you would help people or something that would, uh, that would spark for your clients that if for the people who you want to help, you know that if you were able to sit down with them, these are the things that, you know, that would actually help them move forward. It's a funny thing, but, you know, often raw information, it can be helpful, right? But it's also boring. <laughs> it's hard to get excited about. And, and, even if it's, you know, even if it's not strictly speaking boring, you know, are, it's hard for us to grasp onto, you know, there's a reason that, parables are, you know, or Aesop's fables, that those are the stories that stick around. Like if, if we think about like the tortoise and the hare, you can picture an actual turtle, you, know? <laughs> you can picture a rabbit. And, and that idea of the tortoise and the hare is a lot stickier. It's a lot easier to grasp in your mind and hold and remember 
uh, just because it's rooted in like in the real world, then the idea of like, you know, slow and steady runs the race. You can, if you hear that, it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it's not as easy to grasp onto. It's just not how our brains process information. So t- sharing stories and sharing examples or sharing things that have happened in your life um, that can illustrate the, the way that you help people is, is a really great way of doing this because it just makes everything more real and more concrete. So what the way that I would like to do this is to think about, you know, you can, this is seeding your expertise. So using phrases like, oh, you know, I was, I was speaking with a client the other day and, you know, and start off your post that way or have that into your, you know, have that into in the middle of your post. But you're thinking about like, what, could, how could you share a lesson seeding it inside of this idea of, hey, you know, I'm just about to jump on a, on a client call. But now if you're, of course, if you don't have clients yet, you don't, you don't want to misrepresent yourself. But if you, you know, you can also, you could say like, you know, I speak, let's say you're, maybe you're a photographer who does, let's say you do photography for new moms. You could say like, anytime I speak to a new mom, the thing that I hear is, so you're not, you know, it, it's a, just a different way of, of phrasing it really, but we're, we're putting your client at the center, your, or your ideal client at the center, if you don't have them yet. And, and thinking about, you know, like the last time I was speaking with them as a photographer, as a designer, or as a writer, I see so many people who get stuck with, you're couching it though inside of that expertise. You're saying like, here, here's what I see as somebody who knows how to solve this problem. And then you can share the story. Another, another fun one is the, like, I share this with you because, (laughs) so you can share something that's going on in your life, you know, where, where, you know, where, what's, what is one way that maybe part of your life had felt unmanageable and disorganized. Now you've got it at hand. It can, it can be something so simple. It can be your bookshelf. You know, it can, it doesn't have to be so comp, such a big elaborate, you know, elaborate story. But then you can say, I share this because I know exactly what it's like, you know, when things feel out of control in this, you know, and then you make it more specific to your ideal clients, share why it's relevant to them. And, and if you can start to look for those little stories and little examples and think about, Ooh, how could I tie that back? How could I tie that back? How could I kind of fold this into, uh, fold this into my expertise. That, those can be really simple ways to, to be able to do that in a way where you're, you're still telling a story, it's authentic, and you're, but you're reminding people of, oh yeah, I could hire them. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Always bringing it back to what you're doing as well. So I think sometimes people fall into two camps. Either they're over-promoting without the stories or they're sharing stories without telling people how they give them money. And so it's kind of like combining those two different strategies, which is what I love about this. Um, And so I think this is a really, really powerful like section for those of you listening. I took notes. I hope you're taking notes. Rewind and listen to it again if you have to, because there's a lot of good stuff in there for how to illustrate what you do on social media, whether you have clients or not, right? Like how do you kind of explain that in a way that makes sense? So I love that. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. I want to pivot a little bit and talk about your own social media because you recently came off of a big social media break. So can you tell us about the process behind taking a break and what are some of the things that you've learned in your time away from social media? 
Definitely. The process is that I just stopped. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I had been, yeah, I had been posting on Instagram and really focusing on Instagram a lot. And I've been, you know, I love it there. And I realized that I needed to design, I needed to redesign my core program. And that's where uncomplicated marketing came from. But to get there, I knew that like with my, just with my time that was available, if I was trying to market my business and caption my Instagram stories and reply to DMs and all of those things, you know, I, I felt like there just wasn't, it was going to extend the timeline out so dramatically on how, on what I needed to do to be able to redesign my core program in my business. And I'm very decisive and I'm, I'm a minimalist or an essentialist. So I, I focused on really, I had to ask myself, like, what is the most important thing here? Is it showing up on Instagram and continuing to be visible while I really don't have anything to sell? Or is it just make a decision and, uh, and take a break and then come back when I have something that I can want to, to be able to kind of just rejoin the world. <laughs> and I, you know, I'm through that really intense creative process of building that new program. And I, I like making things simple. So I wanted one thing on my plate and only one thing. So I, uh, I didn't make an announcement about it only because I used to do that when I was back in my blogging days. I'd be like, I'm taking three days off, you know, throw my cape in the air and like (laughs) disappear into the distance. Uh, So I I don't like, I'm biased against like kind of sending out a press release to say like, I'm not going to be here for a while, you know? So I, I just decided to step away. I wasn't sure how long it would take. I wasn't sure how like, I was sure exactly what the process was going to take to redesign my program. So I just stepped away and I, I left in, I believe it was the end of March, uh, in end of March, 2019. And it's mid November now and I haven't posted still. I love it. I'm a huge fan of breaks. Um, If you guys are listening, go back to a podcast episode. I put a link in the show notes about taking a social media break. I think it's important. I think we put a lot of value on social media and rightly so it is valuable, but there's also value in not being on social media as well. And I think that sometimes that can actually give you an interesting perspective on social media itself and how much you need it and what role it plays in your life and in your business. And so I'm a huge fan of breaks. Uh, more people should take more breaks, more breaks all the time. Um, Agreed. Yeah. So- I, I, think, I was just going to say, I think that it kind of tying back to the first point where this is where knowing what works for you and knowing what gets you results is so crucial. So I, you know, I was making sales through my DMs for sure in, you know, to my program, but when I wasn't going to be promoting my, my program anymore, I was going to be building a new one. I knew that like my website traffic is only 3% of it comes from Instagram. So all the rest of my traffic comes from evergreen content that is in my blog and it gets traffic through Google and through Pinterest, which is all search. So that is stuff that is going to happen no matter what I do. Like that is just, I can optimize that content. But other than that, like it, people just find me that way on my own. So, or on its own. So I don't need to, I don't need to work at that. So for me, it was really clear when I looked at the, I, cause I went to the graphs, <laughs> I looked, 
looked and I could see, well, you know, this is, this is how this is affecting me. And, and, and then, so when I've been off of Instagram, I have, I've still been getting sales to other, you know, other products that I have. I've still been getting lots of new newsletter signups. I've been doing all kinds of other offline things that grow my business and fuel my business, all kinds of things that aren't related to just posting on social media. But I think oftentimes we think that publishing is the same thing as marketing and it really isn't. Yes, there's a power in connecting. And even if you're not posting to social media actively, there's a lot of things you can do to maintain your relationships on social media. A lot happens in a good DM. So I love that. So when you're coming back to social media, do you have a plan for what you want to do? Uh, I am, I'm in the middle of putting it all down on paper right now, but yeah, I, the way, so I am focusing first on coming back to my blog because I know that search is the number one way that people find me either through social media or through Instagram. So I'm focusing on creating content that is going to be like highly, highly, highly valuable to people who want to make their marketing less complicated. I'm going to be focusing on creating like solid pieces of content there and then taking those things and piecing off little bits of it here and there and breaking it off into social media. But I want to have, I like having one big piece of content and that's kind of my hub. (laughs) And then from there I can go and like remix and adjust and, and pull. I've also, I started a, like a marketing column on my website where so people can, or, and on my newsletter, people can, um, ask me anonymous questions and then I can go in and uh, I can answer questions anonymously and post them online. So it's a really fun way to, to engage with my audience and to, I, I really am a fan of trying to make the outside of my business feel as much as like the inside of my business as possible. And so I'm looking for all kinds of fun ways to do that. I, you know, I, I used to do uh, marketing teardowns of content and websites and all kinds of stuff. I did that inside of my program for a long time. And so now I'm doing that, but I'm doing them publicly and I'm sharing those publicly. So I'm looking for all kinds of fun ways to, um, to share my perspective, but all of it coming back to living on my website is part of how I'm planning that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. And I like what you said, um, making the outside of your business feel like the inside. And we talked about this recently in the Savvy Social School for our sales funnel training about the advocate stage. So people who are going to be advocates for you out in the world, they shouldn't be disappointed when they come into your program or come into your services. It The marketing should be just as strong as the program is itself. And I feel like sometimes in this digital marketing world, we do run into that where we're like, this marketing is amazing. And then we buy the course or something and we sign up and we go, oh, okay. Like, oh, they just had a good designer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And I can vouch for, you know, having gone through your program before that that is so powerful for um, as a consumer from a consumer perspective your marketing I remember when I first reached out to you you sent me a video <laughs> like I felt like a person like a person like I felt heard and seen and I think that level of kind of personalization just went through your whole program anyways and so I think that you know when you're thinking about your social media strategy or even your entire marketing strategy um, really focusing in on 
you know, the deliverability of your service, make sure that's flawless, make sure that's a wonderful experience. And then how can you give people outside of that a sample, a taste, a, a, a part of that experience so that they, when they sign up, they're wowed and they become your advocates and they do your marketing for you. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, Oftentimes, I think we tell ourselves like, oh, if I'm not doing what somebody like, you know, Marie Forleo or Amy Porterfield is doing, then I'm not doing it right. And I need to speak. I want to make it look like my business is huge on the outside. I want to make it look like I have a huge audience or a huge email list. So we think we, we think in those terms or we wish that we had that and we overlook the things that we can do right now to really make people know that they, that they matter. And so, you know, I, I look through people who subscribe to my email list and I send like random, like just new signing people who've new, newly signed up to my email list, uh, like vid- videos like that. And I ask them, you know, how they're doing, what are their challenges? What's their business like? And people are so shocked, you know, and in my email, um, the, the sales emails that I send uh, talking about my program for people who are considering it, who've come, they've come to my workshop and watched my workshop and they're considering maybe working with me through this program, I send them my phone number. Like if you, if you are really on the fence and you're really not sure if this is going to be right for you, just call me. That's fine. <laughs> just, just call me. <laughs> you know, there, it, there are such simple ways and you, everybody's level of comfort with these kinds of things are different. So I'm not saying that that's something that we should all be doing, but there are, you know, really just taking the time to acknowledge other people and to connect with them. You know, I think oftentimes we hear about marketing in terms of like, oh, find the pain points and do this. And, and it feels really weird. It feels like exploitive and finding ways to, uh, to connect with people, use empathy, really take the time to um, make sure that they know that they're seen and that they matter. It absolutely makes a difference. And not only does it make a difference, it builds your reputation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And reputation in this online space or in any space is is invaluable. Um, there are so many people who crash and burn because they have a bad reputation. So absolutely agree. Um, so tell us more about the Uncomplicated Marketing, is it membership? Uncomplicated Marketing Academy. Yeah. (laughs) It's, yeah, it's, it's really, um, it's kind of my baby. (laughs) It's, it's been based on, you know, two years of, or a year of, uh, a year of research and looking at how, uh, you know, how I could really try to make marketing easy and bite-sized for people to understand. So I, I have personally found that I'm tired of big, long programs. I'm tired of, you know, having a 12 week long commitment to, you know, being the, being like the barrier to entry before I can get anything done. And so I really challenged myself and and I heard that from my audience as well. And so I challenged myself. I thought, well, how can I design something that's really lightweight and flexible? So I designed a two day long workshop where you go in, you finish your entire marketing strategy, you have your posting routine, you know where you're going to show up, how you're going to show up, how it leads towards your business, what you need to say, where you need to say it, all of that. You have it completed after it's literally like maybe six hours top. So you do it in, I would, if you could, you could set aside two weekend mornings and be completely done and And then from there, you know, that's actually not the hard part. (laughs) The hard part is actually showing up and doing it. You know, so from there you get 
an, a year long uh, membership inside of what I call like the top of funnel toolkit. So that's access to coaching support, coaching calls, co-working calls, one-on-one office hours with me, uh, marketing retreats, all kinds of, um, and then some really neat tools that, and planning and all that, that hooks right into your strategy. It makes it easier for you to, uh, to execute and easier for you to, um, to really win at this stuff and to keep showing up. I think that's the thing. Like we've got to continue showing up, keep showing up for our businesses and, you know, know that, is it, it's hard, it's always hard to prioritize marketing. Like I know that marketing is probably, you know, it's not a, it's a small piece of everybody's pie and it's not our favorite piece of it. <laughs> like, so, you know, I can talk about it all day long, but, but if that's how we feel about it and we tell ourselves that we're not good at it or that it's not working for us, that really is going to make it hard for us to succeed. So my whole goal with the program is that you get your strategy and, and you have it like, right immediately done and you get that win and then you have the backup, you have the support, you have people who know what it's like to try and to figure things out and to not live up to your expectations and to have to figure it out and and kind of you have that group of people to go to um, and to connect with so that you can keep on moving forward because the, the frustration of doing it right now and of moving your schedule around and fig- fitting it in, that is so much more um, worthwhile and such a better place to spend our energy than not doing this for three months, six months, a year, two years, and then being like, well, where the heck did all my clients go? Where the heck did all my audience go? What, what, what am I going to do? How do I turn this around? Because most of us wait until it's, we're way down that path. And then we try to, you know, we try to turn it around and we've, we've created a situation that really doesn't, that doesn't work for us. So I think the more that we can prioritize that and, and build a space for it in our lives that we actually look forward to, (laughs) the more successful we're going to be. Yes, I totally agree. And I see that all the time happen with social media where we get to the point where it's too painful to do anything. And then all of the actions that we try to do um, end up feeling like they're not enough. They end up feeling like we're putting out a lot of this energy and we're not seeing a return on it. And so I really like that that strategy. Uh, Where can we connect with you online? Give us your website and your social media. Absolutely. I'm over at kylaroma.com. It's the best place to find me. And you can see if I'm back on Instagram or not. (laughs) I'm I'm at kylaroma over on Instagram. But the best place to get information on me is to go to the website and sign up for my email list. (laughs) Yay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kyla, for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Savvy Social Podcast. For links and additional resources, visit our website, SavvySocialPodcast.com. And before you go, I want to invite you to access our free course. Yes, 100% free. It's the best way to jumpstart your social media strategy this year. You can find it at OnlineDrea.com slash free. That's all for this week. Bye for now.